The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. In game line. But why do you think it is most likely that the Memphis Grizzlies will keep their season alive? They're going to go with the superstar player in John Moran. I think he's the type okay. of person that can take over a game and I think put them in a position to, to win that. I think your point about Popovich being a real advantage does happen over, over series and over the course of an entire playoff set of games. Catch the program every single day on the Sports Grid Network. Betting around the rim. I feel bad for Phoenix because if the Suns weren't playing the Lakers, I was taking the Suns to come out of the West. I love favorites under three points, especially at home that have solid home records. Two and a half. It's down to two right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. I think this is one of my best bets of the day. I think Phoenix wins this game by double digits today. The Sports Grid Network. Welcome back. I think I heard Chris mention David that total in that Rockies Mets game is is six. That that's got to be the lowest total in a in a game this season. I think there have been some sixes, but I think that's the lowest one. I would also tell you this, Davis. There's no way they're letting Degrom throw like eight innings tonight, right? Like off the injured list. So, I mean, but the Mets bullpen has been really good too. So really, really good. So yeah, I mean, maybe that maybe that total does sound right. I mean, any opinion on that? Oh, they're they're gonna let him go as long as they want. I mean, that's like the Mets' whole deal, right? The Mets, Met, the Mets, they don't they don't treat their guys with kid gloves. But then they knew Degrom was healthy and ready to go, and they 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 waited for one of his starts to be in the minor leagues. I mean, that was that was so stupid. The Mets, the Mets throwing him in a minor league game was was. I mean, I just I can't I cannot with the New York Mets. Like, why are you having Jacob Degrom throw a rehab start? At high A ball instead of just throwing yeah. four innings for the major league team. Like what? What? What's the? What's the logic there? Yeah, I, I guess the only thing was that the game was in. Uh, it was in Jupiter, which is about an hour and a half away from where the Mets were playing against the Marlins, so they could have some of their guys go there and watch him. I, I don't know. That's the only thing that I could come up with because the talent level, uh, in comparison as to the high A versus the big leagues, is is not even a discussion. So, yeah, I don't get that one either. All right, here's our headlines here as we begin. Three game twos in the NBA playoffs tonight. Lakers, Phoenix Suns, L.A. probably needing a big win tonight in Phoenix. They're one-and-a-half-point favorites over on FanDuel. How about Stanley Cup? We've got Toronto, Montreal, Nashville, Carolina. As Chris mentioned, DeGrom returns to the mound to take on, uh, I, I think, probably a pretty meager challenge in the Colorado Rockies. And uh, how about two high school teammates facing off tonight, Davis? Jack Flaherty, Lucas Giolito. They pitched in the same rotation at Harvard-Westlake High School. Max Fried was also in that rotation as well. What, what was your, in, in high school, Davis, I mean, this is closer to you than it was to me. My high school goes back to the early, early 90s. What, what was your sport of choice from a either watching or playing perspective? Were you one of those guys on the golf team were you one of those guys on any kind of uh, baseball team, football team? Did you play any sports in high school? I was a semi-professional skateboarder in high school. Um, I, I had, you know, like some sponsorship deals. I had a couple uh, video parts, would traveled, traveled the country, competed in, in competitions and, and filmed and stuff with, uh, with a lot of my childhood buddies. That was my, that was my go-to sport in high school. All right. Interestingly enough. Yeah, I, I played like, like all kids, you know, like, well, I mean, not all kids, but like me, I like dreamed about playing in the majors or playing in the minors, just getting there. 
And I'll never forget when it came to an end for me. It was like high school baseball, uh, not making the varsity team, playing on the junior varsity team, and seeing curveballs. And seeing them come at me thinking everyone was going to hit me. And then it just going right over the plate and thinking, mm, I don't know if I'm going to be able to hit this. And then Davis, the coach of the varsity team, uh, not, not pulling me out of practice, but this goes back far. I don't even remember exactly how it went. But basically either after a practice of some kind saying to me, hey, look, I know you really like want to be an announcer. Like you're, you're, you're like in homecoming and doing all the pep rallies for us. What do you think about being the announcer for the games, like the public address announcer before the games? And I didn't know how to take that, Davis. Like, how are you supposed to take that when the coach says that to you? Because he's basically telling you you're like not going to play, like you're done. But he's giving you a compliment by saying, hey, you could be our PA announcer. I remember having very mixed emotions about that, and that ended my baseball career. So that's funny that, uh, that that happened for you as well, because the other thing that I did in high school and in college was competitive public speech. It's, it's an activity called forensics, yeah. which they, you know, so, some schools are super into, they give out scholarships for and everything. And that was actually, that was my, my scholarship activity when I was in college. They don't, they don't give out a ton of skateboarding scholarships. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's funny that you and I kind of had that, that similar process when we were younger was people realized that we weren't the most athletic people in the world, but that we, uh, we sure right. liked to talk and we were pretty good at it. Yeah. I, I actually did the same thing also as you in high school. Uh, we had a speech and debate team and, and I was on that too. And I, and what we had to do is I, I think, as I recall it, we, we used to have to pull uh, clips from books or movies or just something and just like hold it and then just recite it. But, but from memory, and I remember doing that and being part of it, but being really lazy, man, toward the end of high school and just and like even being pretty good at it and qualifying for some of those things. But thinking to myself, like, oh, like I have to memorize all this. And I, and I think that I was just too lazy in the end. But that's an interesting thing that we both uh, were part of that as well. I really enjoyed the speech and debate uh, part of it for sure. All right. Well, nothing uh, that is interesting maybe for you guys out there who are watching the show today, but maybe interesting for me and Davis. So stay, stay with us. We'll get back to our uh, sports conversation coming up next. And uh, coming up, we're going to have a conversation about what is going on with some of these rumors in the NFL. Are they rumors? Are they factual? Are there any actual bets and actionable bets that you can make on the two players that made headlines yesterday for doing absolutely nothing except for talking? Julio Jones of the Atlanta Falcons, Aaron Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers. Their odds on FanDuel for their next team, staying with their own team, of course, are posted. And then we have our best ball previews here on the show as well. Don't forget, coming up on tomorrow's show, our friend George Kurtz is back with us previewing the three-game sixes in the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs later on in the week. We're going to have Jim Sanis previewing NASCAR as well. So stay with us on the grid. Our second hour is underway right here on Fantasy Sports Today. Davis and I will be back in two minutes right here on the grid. SportsGrid.com continues after this quick break. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
before our show yesterday, Julio Jones went on Fox Sports and had a phone conversation with Shannon Sharp talking about the possibility of him leaving, being interested in leaving Atlanta. Later on in the day, we found out that there are more to just rumors, and it is percolating with the possibility of Jones being dealt. And then in the evening, uh, Aaron Rodgers made an appearance on ESPN with uh, with Kenny Mayne on his last day, which led to even more speculation. And so over on FanDuel, of course, they're going to help out with our speculation and give us something actionable to bet on, Davis. So let's take a look and start with Julio Jones. And this is on the FanDuel Sportsbook in Colorado. This is the place where you can bet this, at least for now. We'll see if this changes. But right now, only in Colorado is where it can happen. Uh, the Patriots are plus 250, and the Falcons are plus 300. So the assumption is it's one of those two teams. Tennessee is plus 500, so that's 5-1. to one. The Ravens are also 5-1. to one. The 49ers about 7.5-1, to one, and Washington is 7.5 as well. So from looking at this, Davis, it tells me a couple of things. It tells me Julio Jones is likely to be gone, or else they would have minus money essentially on him staying with Atlanta. So uh, it feels like a little bit of a guessing game here. It feels probably more likely or not that he's gone. We just don't know where. And it also has the Patriots at plus 250. So here's what I would ask you as we begin this conversation. Are the Patriots plus 250 just because they have a glaring need? Or in your opinion, do you think it is likely they land him? Well, they do have a glaring need. No, no, no doubt about that. You know, they signed Nelson Aguilar, they signed Kendrick Bourne, they signed Hunter Henry, they signed Johnny Smith, they draft Mac Jones, but they still don't have a true alpha number one wide receiver, right? I mean, I guess maybe you could say that the combination of Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith as the tight ends in that McDaniel's Belichick system does it a little bit. But I got to be honest with you, Craig, the, the team that should be moving heaven and earth to get Julio Jones, it's clearly the Tennessee Titans. They have A.J. Brown. They have Derrick Henry. They have Ryan Tannehill. They have their offensive system in place. But they do not have the talent outside of those three players anymore. Uh, Josh Reynolds, they signed him as a free agent from the Rams. He was you know, their fourth string wide receiver the entire time. They draft Des Fitzpatrick in the fourth round, I think ostensibly to be competition there. But they also let... Adam Humphreys go. They also let Khalif Raymond go, who is the kind of their rotational fourth wide receiver. So they look pretty thin to me on offense right now. And it, I think it's going to be hard for them to replicate their results of the last two seasons with like nobody's out there with AJ Brown and with Derrick Henry. I think they need, you know, you can't be relying on 120 targets to Anthony Ferkser if you want to win a Super Bowl, I think. Um, but that being said, you know the team that if I was uh, if I wanted to take a trip over to Colorado and lay a wager down on this, I would just bet on him staying with the Falcons. He's been on the Falcons for a decade now. Inertia is very powerful in professional sports. Guys just stay on their teams because that's the easiest potential solution. I think the Falcons are asking for a first-round pick, but due to how much money Julio Jones makes, it's hard to find a team to land him. So I, I think if I was going to bet on one of these teams, it would be the Falcons. If one of these teams should trade for him, it would be the Titans. And then I also see an outside possibility of the 49ers making a move for him, you know, potentially trading. They could trade one of their young wide receivers, right? They could trade Ayuk or Debo Samuel in order to acquire his services. Yeah, I like I like the Titans uh, narrative you built there a little bit. Does, does is it surprise you? By the way, I don't know if you caught this yesterday. I, I'm just not clear on this whole thing. It surprised me for the second time I've seen the Atlanta Falcons from their own Twitter account post essentially what you could be construed as negative stories about their players. Like I I, I just I, I you never see professional sports teams going off like rumors and innuendo. They did this when they cut Vic Beasley. I'm pretty sure. And people were like, wow, like, like they just basically like threw him under the bus. And, and I feel like they're doing it again with Julio Jones. Like, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm completely off by this, but I don't recall Davis pro sports teams, like the Packers essentially like talking about what Aaron Rodgers is talking about. Like, I just never see that. Yeah. You know, I, while you were saying that I did get reminded of, uh, of, of a situation where that did happen. Didn't the Titans do some of that with their first round tackle that they ended up? moving on from, but just in general, oh, it, it is bizarre to me. 
it is bizarre anytime official team Twitter or Instagram accounts um, relay information that is rumors and not just fact-based reporting. Like, you would think that a team account would be like, oh, we signed kicker Cairo Santos and released, you know, kicker X, Y, or Z. Or, or you know, like, who's your favorite Atlanta Falcon in history? Or what's your favorite Atlanta Falcons playoff moment or whatever? Like, it, it is always bizarre to me when the team accounts act like a person. Like, that is, that's just very bizarre to me. Yeah, and wanting you to see that the player is gone, wants to go, basically. So basically, if they do move him, it sort of tells their fan base, hey, this guy wanted to go. I guess that's the reason why they did it. Doesn't make any other sense to me. All right, well, same deal with Aaron Rodgers last night. He's pretty much made it clear that he wants to go, but who knows what this guy, like he is, I mean, he's kind of, Davis, honestly, like you're Kawhi Leonard in the NBA. I, I can't figure this guy out, but uh, minus 170 to stay on FanDuel with Green Bay. The Broncos are plus money, plus 220. The Raiders are right there. And then we're talking about just ridiculous long shots. Uh, Cleveland, I mean, I, I'll find $10 to put somewhere else as uh, instead of Cleveland, San Francisco, New Orleans, or New England. I, I don't think any of those are happening. But uh, Green Bay, Denver, uh, Las Vegas. Like, I, I could see stories being told with those. I cannot picture the others. Yeah. I, I, again, I feel inertia is a very powerful force here. I think the Browns, no way. The Saints, don't, don't the Saints, seeing that, doesn't that just kind of fascinate you a little bit? Because they have a trade package, right? They could give up Jameis. They could give up uh, Taysom if, if the Packers decided they want Taysom. We know the Saints love to be aggressive in terms of trading away first-round picks. Uh, I actually think due to Drew Brees retiring, the Saints aren't in uh, salary cap purgatory anymore, so they have... Uh, now, don't quote me on this 100%. I could be wrong, but I believe that they have the maneuverability in their salary cap now to acquire Aaron Rodgers without hamstringing their roster moving forward. So the Saints do seem pretty interesting. But yeah, I think no way on the Browns, no way on the 49ers, no way on the Patriots. Raiders, I guess, are kind of interesting, but I don't know what they can give the Packers back. I mean, the, the perfect trade was already out there. It was the number nine pick. Uh, for Aaron Rodgers, you take Justin Fields, you move on with your career, and and it looks like that's uh, not happening now, which is bizarre. But yeah, I, I think the most likely scenario to me is that Rodgers stays for this year, and then they they figure it out he, next offseason, and he moves then. Yeah, I, I think so too. I, I mean, again, the, the, the line is telling you the story. I mean, it's telling you Julio Jones is gone, at least for me. They just don't know where, and it's telling you that uh, Rodgers is staying in Green Bay. All right, uh, to baseball we go. Let's check out the odds very quickly. Let's do American League MVP. Shohei Otani on FanDuel's minus 125. Ladd is plus 450. And then you're just taking a stab here at Judge, 17-1. to Buxton's numbers were so good in April. He's, he hasn't played in May. Uh, J.D. Martinez, 17-1. to Is it a two-player race, Davis, at this point for you? Otani Guerrero Jr. Anyone else? Yeah, doesn't it feel like every time we've said it's a two-player race, someone's gotten injured, though? Like, every time we've been like, all right, it's it's Otani and Trout. Trout gets injured. All right, it's Byron Buxton and the two Angels guys. Buxton gets hurt. So I feel like probably for AL MVP, bet someone you like at 20 to 1. Bet Judge at 17 to 1. Bet whoever at, at right. 20 to 1. Because, look, I'll tell you this. If Otani gets banged up, if Otani does something to his arm, has to miss a month or whatever – I mean, this is literally anyone's race. There is no big favorite in the American League right now if Otani gets hurt. And the NL MVP, let's close it out. We have Acuna plus 310, 3-1. Three Tatis, 4.5-1. to one. DeGrom and Arenado are both 10-1. to one. Uh, Davis, is this a two-team race? Real quick, Acuna, Tatis. I, I would I would actually bet DeGrom here. If they win that division and DeGrom wins 20 games, DeGrom's winning it. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I like Acuna still at three to one to win the NL MVP. But coming up next, it's time for us to dive into our next best ball preview, which is the Detroit Lions. I'll tell you who will emerge next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. For you here on SportsGrid, our fantasy football best ball previews for the months of May and June over the next two days are the Detroit Lions and Houston Texans. Davis, we got a special treat for everyone out there, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, you know, we love to we love to treat our viewers to discussion of, you know, the best players. We want to really highlight all the amazing things that happen in the NFL, in MLB. You know, we, we want to give people the best of the best. So, of course, today they are treated to none other than your Detroit Football Lions. Yeah, it's like I, I recall this conversation two weeks ago with our executive producer, Greg Sussman, saying, hey, you know, what do you think about us doing fantasy football, best ball previews of all of the teams every day. He's like, yes, go for it. And then we get to today. I'm like, well, you know, I don't know, Detroit and Houston. Well, we're going to do every team and be fair to every team. But let's be honest, Davis. Uh, Detroit is is taking a step back in 2021. It's very obvious what they're doing here, uh, which is, I mean, I don't want to say tanking because no team technically tanks. But on paper, uh, I mean, honestly, not much better than Houston. Let's let's look at their quarterback. It's Jared Goff. I, I'm actually rooting for Goff. I, I hope this goes well. He just kind of got abandoned by by the Rams after they gave him that long-term deal. He was never going to live up to it. He was overpaid. Uh, 4,000 uh, pass yards, 99 rush yards, 24 touchdowns. That's a mediocre quarterback right now in the NFL. And, and it reminds me, Davis, a few years ago, man, I mean, the Rams were awesome. They had great receivers. They had Todd Gurley running for touchdowns. They were Super Bowl contender. And then they played the Patriots in the Super Bowl. And Todd Gurley was on that bike. And C.J. Anderson was running on the ground. And I'm like, oh, I hope this isn't the end for them very quickly. And it was. Uh, what do you make of Goff here in, in Detroit? So I, I think it's going to be pretty bad for chunks of it. However, if I wanted to build a bull case, I would say – that they have surrounded him with not good wide receivers, but professional wide receivers, right? Perryman has had good stretches. Tyra Williams has had good stretches. He's got TJ Hawkinson, who does look like an all-pro tight end. He's got a great pass-catching running back. And Jared Goff is not Andy Dalton. He is not uh, Tyrod Taylor. He, he is a little bit better than that. To me, the biggest problem in Detroit right now is I feel as if their head coach is just an imbecile. Like, I feel like Dan Campbell is ready to coach football in, like, 1964. I don't feel like he has a good understanding of what wins games in 2021. I feel like they're going to be way too aggressive running the ball. I don't feel like they're going to go for it on fourth down a ton. Like, I feel like... Uh, a lot of the things that Sean McVay did as, you know, one of the more advanced coaches in the NFL, I feel like a lot of that is going to go away. One thing I will say is in these best ball drafts, you, you need to stack, right? You need to be pairing your quarterback with wide receivers, with his tight ends. And an extremely cheap way to do that is with the Detroit Lions offense right now, right? Jared Goff, incredibly cheap. Tyrell Williams, very cheap. Prashad Perryman, very cheap. And so to build a stack kind of in the second half of these drafts, it is very cheap and very affordable to do it with the Lions offense, which makes them kind of attractive. Yeah, it's interesting because Dan Campbell coached in Miami, Davis, when I was covering the Dolphins. And uh, man, you I mean, you're kind of spot on there, unfortunately. I, I would tell you this, I feel like they got Campbell. This is going to sound insane and, and not true. But I got. I feel like they got Campbell to cover the spread 
I think they're going to play really hard, Davis. I think for four quarters, they are going to play for this guy. They're not going to win a lot, but how many times has Detroit had a lead in the last two years and lost a game? I think they were just sick and tired of that. And and they're going to lose a lot of games again, but you're going to see this team is going to fight a lot. They're going to play hard for this guy like Miami did. They just didn't win a lot. But the games were close, like right down to the end. A lot of games because they just didn't quit. I think the Lions quit the last couple of years. You can't be up 24 points and lose four out of five weeks. Insanity things that were happening there. Um, so I love DeAndre Swift. He was my favorite running back coming out of college that year. And he came on at the end of last season, Davis. I thought he was fantastic at Georgia. But but Jamal Williams is going to rain on that parade for sure. You know, with Campbell, they're going to be running a lot. I don't know anything about Jamar Jefferson, who you have listed here out of Oregon State. So where are you with Swift? Let's let's get into that. So this is where I'm at. I, I think he's phenomenally talented. I think that he probably is going to end up having the best career of the running backs from last year. I, I think he'll probably even end up being a little bit better than Jonathan Taylor because he's a better pass catcher, and we know how much that matters in the NFL now. But Jamal Williams is going to be a big thorn in his side, the same way that Jamal Williams was a big thorn in the side of Aaron Jones. You know, Basically, Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones were in a 50-50 timeshare for the last two seasons. Now, Aaron Jones was more productive scored more touchdowns, all of those things. But I, I think he is going to play a lot. I think he's going to really frustrate fantasy football owners uh, who select DeAndre Swift. And Jamar Jefferson was uh, a quality prospect from Oregon State, caught a bunch of passes as a true freshman there, did not have a good pro day, did not look particularly athletic at his pro day, so that's why he fell so much in the NFL draft. But I think they will probably play him as a rookie, and so – one, I don't think the Lions' offense is going to be that good. Not going to be in a ton, of t- not going to be a ton of touchdowns. Not going to be a lot of yards to spare there. And I think that he's going to get squeezed by Jamal Williams. And so I, I do feel that there is a pretty significant chance that Swift ends up disappointing some of his dynasty owners this season. Yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement. Um, all right, so the wide receiving core we're going to talk about with Houston tomorrow is is pretty rough but i i think this is the worst group in the nfl as i look at it here it's shocking uh you lose galladay and marvin jones and this is what you're bringing out there um tyrell williams hasn't played a game in a year rashad perryman i mean i i guess i'll give a little mulligan there because playing with the jets is impossible and then and then it's just all rookies here and geronimo allison who didn't play uh last year either so I suppose there's got to be, you know what, Davis, if, if Jared Goff throws 20 touchdowns, the old fantasy antiquated adage is that they got to go to somebody. So who is going to be the draftable Lions wide receiver that's going to go in the ninth round, but he should, but he's going to end up grading out in the fourth because inevitably that's probably going to happen here. Yeah. And, and all of these guys are even cheaper than that, by the way. I mean, we're talking about 13th, 14th round picks in fantasy football drafts right now. Uh, Tyrell Williams in general has not done great when cast as a, a true wide receiver. One had the 1000 yard season back in 2016, uh, was, was decent for the Oakland Raiders. Uh, their last year in Oakland in 2019 played in, uh, uh, 12 games, 42 receptions, six touchdowns. Like, he was fine. Um, I I obviously like Tyrell Williams better for best ball than I do for managed leagues because I'm not going to have to guess the week he gets behind the defense for a long touchdown, which is a big part of his game. Uh, Perryman is even cheaper. He's a pretty interesting guy because he was a total nothing for the first three years of his career, cut by Baltimore, cut by Cleveland, then had that insane run at the end of the year for the 2019 Tampa Bay Buccaneers had the three touchdown game and actually was fairly productive in 12 games for those awful New York Jets teams last season, Uh, you know, played in 12 games, 505 yards, three touchdowns, you know, given, given the context of that environment, not the absolute worst. A lot of people are expecting Amon Ross St. Brown fourth round rookie draft selection from USC to be their starting slot wide receiver. I'm probably not quite as bullish on him as uh, as the market is. Sage Surratt uh, was a really good wide receiver at Wake Forest. I'm excited to see if he makes the team. If you're if you're drafting a guy here, I actually think for the cost, Perryman is probably who you want. I mean, you can take Jared Goff with your 16th round selection and take Perryman with your 18th round selection. You build in uh, a little a little stack there, and I I don't hate it. 
All right, so any team coached by Dan Campbell is going to produce a tight end one in fantasy football. We know that. Maybe they have two here, Davis. Hawkinson, 723 yards and six touchdowns. He's probably their best pass catcher going into the season. I may be able to make the case Fells is their second best pass catcher, and they have Hunter Bryant, who they drafted as well. So, I mean, Hawkinson has has injury issues, Davis. That's like the only thing with him. I believe he's got some concussion issues. He's had some injuries in the past. But if you told me he played 15 games, I could see him being like a top five tight end this season. So I guess that's the one positive that comes out of this is Hawkinson is probably a very viable starter for you this season. Yeah, I mean, Hawkinson last season, 67 receptions, 723 yards and six touchdowns. That doesn't feel like the craziest season ever. But in PPR leagues, he was the fourth highest scoring tight end with those numbers because tight end is not a productive position anymore you know it just it just really ends up being kind of random I would imagine that Hawkinson maybe gets close to leading this team in receptions and receiving this year uh you know really he just needs to kind of become Jared Goff's you know second and seven uh the the primary option there and rack up a bunch of catches there I really like Hawkinson where he goes in these drafts right now, you know, going after Mark Andrews, going after Kyle Pitts. And, you know, I love Kyle Pitts. I love Mark Andrews, but Hawkinson has already done it for us. Fells did have four touchdowns last year, but really is just kind of a blocking tight end in in general. You know, I think it's kind of DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson for the Lions. And then everyone else is kind of uh, for for the nerds. I I just don't think they're going to be a very productive and useful fantasy football team. Yeah, it feels like it. it's interesting though. Uh, Golf in with with the Rams in Los Angeles never really had a primary tight end. Like never threw to the tight right. Like Gerald Everett, Higby was was there anyone that I'm missing there? Like he never really had a guy there, did he? Yeah, Higby had that run at the end of 2019 where he went ballistic for four games, but that was really mm-hmm. it. Hmm, interesting to see if if that's who he can lock on this year. All right, Fantasy Reality is coming up next right here on Fantasy Sports Today. So stay with us on the grid. We're going to talk about Steph Curry a little bit. One of the top prospects from the Major League Baseball draft a couple of years ago is getting called up by the Blue Jays. Talk about his potential success. Stay with us on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Talking off the air, how excited uh, Davis is for the uh, Friends reunion show coming up on uh, Thursday night on HBO Max. Is HBO Max, Davis, one of those subscriptions that you do have to a streaming service? I know you've mentioned in the past you have a lot. Do you you have one, HBO Max? I do have HBO Max because I get TV through DirecTV. DirecTV is either owned by AT&T or owns AT&T. It's very confusing how these mega media conglomerates work but basically long story short i get hbo max just as uh, a subscriber to direct tv i i have been watching 
a great show. Not probably not going to watch the Friends reunion. I mean, maybe I will, but I, I've been watching the this semi popular show Mare from Easton with uh, Kate Winslet in it. Uh, yes, it's it's mm-hmm. actually great. That that comes highly really? recommended. It's really good. Okay, yeah, that's I, I know it's a, I'm aware of it. I'll have to check it out for sure. All right, uh, Brett Levy, our producer, a huge, huge Friends fan, loved the character Joey, talks about him all the time here on the show. Uh, Brett, you got fantasy or reality for us here. What do you got today? All right, Craig. Well, starting off today, we are going all the way to the NBA. The Warriors have not been playing, but that has not stopped Steph Curry from being in the headlines. Uh, the Warriors had their end of the season conferences yesterday steve kerr said he's excited thinks curry will be back bob myers the gm also thinks they'll have curry back but the warriors missed the postseason the last two years craig so we have to ask steph curry will be back with the warriors next season craig we'll start with you is this a fantasy or reality yeah, there, there's very few players, I think, in professional sports that you look at and say there's no possible way that that guy would ever leave. And we just went through this with Tom Brady. So I'm unwilling to ever give my 100% endorsement on a fantasy or reality like this because I never would have thought Brady would have left New England and went to Tampa Bay and win a championship. But Davis, I got to tell you, this is very close for me. This is one of those that if Curry was to leave for whatever reason, I'm sorry. You just may as well forget about the Warriors forever. Like this is the franchise guy still playing at an unbelievably high level. Uh, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is like way more plausible to me than Steph Curry leaving. I think that this is a uh, is a reality. He will be back with the Warriors. I don't even want to have a discussion about him leaving. Like this, this is exactly in two years. Me asking you, Davis, does Patrick Mahomes leave Kansas City? No chance. This is he is back in Golden State. Yeah, uh, the reason why this made it on our rundown is there's been a couple quotes from both Draymond and Curry about, you know, uh, you know, I hope that management does the right thing. You know, I hope that we feel supported, uh, you know, things like that. And I also have seen a couple rumors about the, the obvious swap here, which would be a trade for the Los Angeles Clippers for Kawhi Leonard. That would be a way for Curry to stay in the limelight stay in Los Angeles. You know, I mentioned earlier in the show about Anthony Davis, that the Clippers are one of the teams that have that. Well, the reason why the Clippers are going to show up in this is they have the desirable assets, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. They also have uh, the, the salary, the, the contracts that would match up to make these moves. But I mean, if I'm Curry, Draymond's going to be 33. Clay Thompson hasn't played in, it's going to be like 20 months by the start of, of next NBA season. We lose in the play in game. The, the team makes a total mess of the James Wiseman selection. They should have taken LaMelo Ball first overall. They take James Wiseman. Doesn't look like James Wiseman is going to be a really impactful NBA player, at least not in Curry's time frame. They gave a bunch of money to Kelly Oubre. They're much better without Kelly Oubre on the court. That's wasted money. There's no way to get out of that Andrew Wiggins contract. He is just basically a bang average you know, NFL player at uh, or NBA player at this point. So I, I get why Curry would want to leave, but I'm going to say he's on the Warriors next season because I think he wants to be a one franchise guy. I think he values that. I think he values his relationship with Joe Lacob and Bob Myers. And I, I think they will get it worked out, but working that out might mean we don't see Steph Curry in the finals again. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, Brett. All right. Well, now we'll go and head over to the Diamond. Uh, The Toronto Blue Jays are facing the New York Yankees this week. Alec Manoa, a prize pitching prospect in the Blue Jays organization, is going to be called up and start against the Yankees on Wednesday. Last year, uh, the Blue Jays called up Nate Pearson. He was kind of up and down. Um, So with another prize pitching prospect coming up, we have to ask, and Davis, we'll start with you for this one. Alec Manoa will have a better career than Nate Pearson. Is this a fantasy or reality? 
I think that this is uh, a fantasy. Craig probably knows more about Manoa than I do. I, I know a fair bit about Pearson because I liked him this year uh, in, in fantasy baseball draft season. It's uh, there, There's this great saying in baseball that I'm sure Craig is very familiar with, which is there's no such thing as a pitching prospect because it is so hard to project these guys from high A to regular A, from regular A to double A, from double A to triple A, from triple A to Major League Baseball. And I think just the fact that Pearson has gotten up to Major League Baseball, not looked great, but at least been able to get through a couple starts and is now, you know, dealing with injuries and stuff again. I, I think that in and of itself is probably a signal that Pearson is better than Manoa right now. But I, I stand, uh, I, I reserve the right, Craig, to uh, change my mind on this when we do the show on Thursday. And if Manoa comes out and is throwing 99 miles an hour and getting guys left, right, and center with swings and misses, I reserve the right to change my mind. Yeah. Um, so in 2019 is, was when Manoa was drafted, and a lot of teams were in on him and after him, and signability was, was kind of one of the issues with him. I think he could have even went higher up in the draft. Uh, I believe his, his number was about $4 million. Look, you know, part of this, it, it's tough on career because this is so wide ranging. You never know what can happen with an injury. And that's the the question that we're answering today. But if I combine how Pearson has looked and how I know that teams felt about Manoa, it's just very simple to just say yes, because things have not gone well for Pearson. And you're just basically blind betting on a pitcher that you've never seen. Uh, but knowing a little bit more about that draft in particular in 2019, I know a lot of teams really did like him. And so I'm going to say reality. I, I think Manoa is going to be better. I don't know that he's going to be a star, uh, but that's not what the Jays are looking for right now. They're looking for like, okay, who can throw six innings in a major league game and give up three runs and we'll win that game. I think Manoa has a chance to be that. I wouldn't go crazy on him or anything like that. He's going to play in a horrible environment in uh, in Buffalo. Basically no Jays pitcher has been fantasy relevant this season, which doesn't surprise me because of the environment. Uh, and it's not going to be like that in, in Buffalo either. So um, I'm going to say reality, Brett. I'm going to say Manoa will be better than Pearson. Again. All right. All right. I like it, Craig. Uh, the next one, we're going back to the golf course. Um, Craig mentioned it earlier in the show, but Brooks Krepka had a video floating around the internet yesterday, last night. Um, basically, he was doing an interview for the Golf Channel, and uh, Bryson DeChambeau may have chirped at him a little bit, which led to quite the reaction from our guy Brooks. So we have to ask, and Davis, since you're a Bryson guy, we'll start with you. Brooks Kepka versus Bryson DeChambeau is exactly what golf needs. Is this a fantasy or reality? Total reality. If golf is going to translate from a very gambling-focused sport, because golf is an amazing sport for gambling, right? So many different things you can bet on, outrights, head-to-heads, you know, exotic markets. There's so many different things you can do. Live betting is great. I mean, certainly there's going to be a future where – uh, you know, you load up the FanDuel Sportsbook. It's got the the tournament is playing live inside of the app. And you can say, uh, what will happen on Bryson's next shot? Will he make a birdie? Will it go over 100 yards? You know, so many different opportunities there with, uh, with golf betting. But what it needs to transcend to become the second or third largest sport in America, uh, you know, ahead of, ahead of baseball, or I don't know if it'll ever beat basketball, maybe. You know, it, it does have an advantage because it goes year-round, is we need – stuff exactly like this we need these guys to become characters because we talked about this on the show with bill yesterday really there's two main characters in golf for most people it's tiger and it's phil some people are aware of bryson some people are aware of brooks some people are aware of jordan but we need we need feuds we need beef we need sound bites we need headlines and you know brooks rolling his eyes and complaining about bryson that's a headline uh, you know, like we, this is absolute, you know, WWE heel type stuff. Like this is exactly what we need. So I, I loved that clip. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. It's interesting to just answer the question. It's exactly what we need. I, I think golf is doing very well. Uh, I just saw that the PGA championship had over 6 million people watch probably again, because of Phil Mickelson on Sunday, but it was their highest in years as far as viewership and about 8 million people watching at 7 PM Eastern. 
on Sunday. But uh, I, w- I would say it would be great. I don't know that golf needs it, though. I think golf is doing very well this year uh, in terms of ratings and in terms of interest as well. It couldn't hurt like to have two guys that don't like each other for sure. Like this, it would be like kind of, it reminds me of honestly about uh, auto racing of NASCAR a little bit when two drivers hate each other and you have one going after the other at the end of the race and it creates a great feud and then the next race becomes more compelling. So it would be great for the sport, make no mistake about it. But with the success that golf has had in its return and having two major championships being played with extremely high viewership on both occasions, I don't know that golf needs it, but it certainly couldn't hurt to have two guys that don't like each other all that much. Why Why am I so unaware of, of, of no one liking Bryson DeChambeau, Davis? I, I just, why did that slip by me? I don't know. Because that's a, that's a niche golf story. Like it wouldn't even, it wouldn't even really be something that like, you know, when I bring Skylar on that we talk about or anything. But yeah, Bryson is a big, like he's a combination jock and nerd. And he really, he because he is so idiosyncratic, he, he just rubs people the wrong way. Like that, that really is, is just what it is. You know, he, uh, Bryson loves himself. Bryson is a big personality. Also, you know, there is this other element of he has kind of forced people to play in a different way. Uh, Rory has talked about this. Uh, Justin Thomas has talked about this. You know, the fact that he's going out and hitting 370 yard drives and using different kinds of clubs and, and kind of expanding the limits of what we thought is possible. It is, change the way that some of these guys have played because if you want to be the best you got to beat the best and Bryson is the best driver of the golf ball on tour and and I that also rubs some guys the wrong way for sure has he won a major before has he won one yeah Bryson Bryson won uh the U.S. Open last year Hmm. okay well fair enough we'll get to defend that coming up next month All right, uh, we got to take a quick break here on Fantasy Sports today, but we will be back here for the Sports Grid 60 coming up in just a couple of minutes. Now, tomorrow on our show, our best ball fantasy football discussion continues. Unfortunately, it will be with the Houston Texans, so we'll talk about them. Also, for the rest of the week, just to give you a little bit of a preview, we're going to have George Kurtz on to talk a little hockey Uh, Also, Josh Cohen from PC Sports Cards, Gray Albright, and all of those fun things. Those of you who watch the show every day, just a heads up, Monday is Memorial Day, and Davis and I are going to take the day off, and we're going to have in-game live covering the NBA playoffs, the Stanley Cup playoffs, and everything else. So set your schedules accordingly. We'll be right back to wrap it up. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. I'm Craig Mish, along with Davis Maddock here on Sports Grid as we close out the show with the Sports Grid 60. Let's see what's on the mind of Davis Maddock today. Davis, what do you got to close us out? 
Well, I'm going to complain more about Tony LaRussa because this guy just really grinds my gears. He, he gives a quote last night about Andrew Vaughn, a very solid individual. He doesn't celebrate anything too early. He works, he grinds, he competes. I think his mind, his attitude, his character is the best part about him. That's saying a lot. He's got a great head. So what he's doing here is he is, is clearly slandering the best hitter on his baseball team right now, which is Ben Yerman Mercedes. Without Yerman Mercedes, uh, the White Sox would be in a very different position this season. They'd be giving at-bats to the Danny Mendix of the world, and instead Mercedes is, is tearing the cover off the ball. If this guy was my coach and I was Yerman Mercedes, and also if I was Vaughn, I would be like, what are you doing, dude? Like, I am crushing the ball for you, and you're trying to pit me against my teammates. Like, what? what is the... What is the point of this? Like, I don't know. Tony La Russa really, really grinds my gears, Greg. <laughs> and the White Sox are playing like the best team in baseball, too. And as long as they are, Tony La Russa is going to say whatever he wants to say for sure. I was reading some uh, online reporting this morning on actually a pretty prominent site, CBSSports.com, how they simulated the NFL season already on Madden, and the Packers won the Super Bowl, and they didn't even have Aaron Rodgers. Let me tell you about grinding gears. Whatever is the point about simulating anything on Madden as it, and it being fact and newsworthy. Now, my son is playing MLB The Show quite a bit. I respect gamers and I respect people who play that and play competitively and make money off that too. But as far as it being real and this makes news, the, the simulations never work from the beginning of the season until the end. And why is it always something that makes news and we read about these things and we click these things i don't know i will never understand it but what i can tell you uh when we talk about fantasy reality it is a major fantasy the simulations don't work on madden that'll do it for the show thank you of course to ltn for brett danny and ryan and my co-host david maddock have a great tuesday we'll see you tomorrow at noon Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.